You know, our mission is really to redistribute bicycles in local and global communities as tools of empowerment. When we talk about empowerment, we really mean access, access to the resources that are around us. If somebody's in a part of Chicago, which is under-resourced and under-invested in, if they can get on a bike and hopefully get somewhere where there is more resources. Welcome to the HeartWork Network, a conscious, caring community network. I'm your host, Amanda, and this space was created to bring together local non-for-profits and future volunteers. Thanks for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. Today we're live at Working Bikes with Paul Fitzgerald, the general manager for Working Bikes. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for being on the HeartWork Network today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Absolutely. I cannot wait to tell our listeners all about Working Bikes. So I always like to get to know my guests a little bit more before we start diving into all the wonderful things that you're doing for the community. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what inspired you to want to be of service to people and maybe where you get your heart from? Uh, I've lived my entire life in Chicago and on the south side of Chicago. I think I've gotten my heart from my upbringing. Um, just an understanding that we have to work as a community to improve things and that we have so many of the assets we need right on our blocks. I am really driven by an understanding of social justice and the role that service plays in that. I believe really strongly that an act of service is something that benefits all parties. It's not like a removed act of charity. Um, it's an act of solidarity. And um, I, a lot of that came from working with young people also. When I went to UIC when I got out of UIC. I was really interested in bicycles and working with young people in the community. Yeah, so that kind of follows up to my second question. Where does your passion and love of bikes come from? My first bicycle-related job was delivering the Southwest News Herald and floundering at keeping my own bike in decent repair. When I was a student at UIC, I started working at bike shops as a mechanic and actually learning and picking up things. A few stints as a messenger as well. And um, I just ultimately found it to be a wonderful tool. I've never been somebody who, I shouldn't say I've, I never would be, but I never have up to this point been somebody who was a really athletic cyclist. I don't have a closet full of spandex. No shade on anybody who does have a closet full of spandex. <laughs> For me, it was always the best way to get around. It was the best way to engage with, uh, with people in the city of Chicago. It was the best way to bring some health and well-being into my life as I understood it. Sure. So who was the first person that ever taught you how to ride a bike? I think I don't I don't remember learning to ride a bike I think my dad did I rode a lot the kids on my block that was an activity was do you want to go ride bikes yeah and uh, you know we weren't really allowed off the block we would go to the exact last inch of it to explore and you know probably snoop around people's yards in the process <laughs> and all the other things that young people do but it was when I was a student at UIC I was not a morning person and we get to the UIC from the southwest side of Chicago it was two buses and a train and if I overslept the bike was faster so that was really what got me into it was a need to get to class using what was available and I fell in love with it I didn't want to ride the bus anymore yeah so. and I think there's such a beauty to riding your bike especially outdoors it's almost like this meditative gift that you get too because you're not surrounded and in cave by a bus you're out in nature mm -hmm. it's a great way just probably to start your morning especially as a student or someone going to work absolutely I mean I still I call it my therapy now I have two children and uh, being able to have you know 45 minutes to myself just to ride a bike is mm -hmm. wonderful absolutely so let's get into working bikes a little bit thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story and your background so what inspired you to want to work with working bikes well, I first heard 
about working bikes when I was a student at UIC because somebody, almost certainly Lee, the founder, stapled a flyer to my handlebars that said giant humanitarian bike sale. And it said they wanted to ship bikes to Nicaragua and El Salvador and that you can go to this alley and they were selling bikes for $40 to fund it. So that was the first time I ran into working bikes and I went there and, um, you know, I just visited, I stopped by and then as Lee Ravenscroft and Amy Little were the founders of the organization. As they continued growing their efforts, I kept hearing about it and being invited and engaged with this work that they were doing. Uh, really taking bikes from the waste stream and figuring out a way that they could self-fund box, box trucks to go to projects El Salvador and Nicaragua. Lee and Amy were both, I mean, we met Amy earlier and Amy mm -hmm. mentioned that she's a Peace Corps alum. Lee also had a, a background with a lot of the Central American solidarity movements and I think that for for Lee in particular to see a truck full of bikes going to be sold for scrap metal was shocking him because it's such a bad use of such a wonderful tool. Right. So I'm getting back to how I kind of got engaged with working bikes. Uh, I think in around 03, my friend Owen, who now owns the bike shop, Blue City Cycles in Bridgeport, he was managing the organization. I used to like to hang out and I would hang out with Owen and fix some bikes. And I was real occasional. I would come in with friends who didn't know anything about bikes and help them to find a bike. That was, I think, a common thing that people did in that era was find their bikes, bike savvy friend to Oh yeah, way before like internet, yeah. video games came out. I mean, we were on Nintendo and I would much rather be on my bike. In that era, working bikes, our retail operation was bikes that were fixed enough to work, to roll away. And we sold most of the bikes for less than $100, if not all of them. The organization in that time went from, went to being something that was totally self-sustainable and sufficient. The same of bikes were able to fund the shipments which at that point were multiple shipments in a year 2009 we moved to 24th and Western and I got I became staff in 2010 and it's been wonderful space is beautiful it's big it's active it's live there's a lot of energy the volunteers are great I had an opportunity to, to walk around and meet a lot of them and the co-founder Amy so you can certainly feel the love and the generosity here can you tell our listeners what communities you serve all the different communities. I know you guys have mm -hmm. a local and global outreach. Absolutely. Short version of the global piece is we ship bikes to organizations in Africa and Central America and the Caribbean. A little bit longer version is most of our partners right now are either part of the Village, Village Bike Project, which is they are close to their organization in Ghana, Abercrombie and Kent Philanthropic, which has women-run bike projects in Zambia, Botswana, and Uganda. And they also have projects that we ship bikes to in Jordan. Then we also, we work with SESTA in El Salvador, which is an environmentalist organization, which almost has like their own working bikes type of organization under their umbrella. So we've had some partners visit SESTA and they go to a warehouse where everything is covered in uh, plywood. Everything is repurposed plywood. And they have a couple bike shops inside there. And they have a youth apprenticeship program where the young teens like live on premises oh, wow. and just learn for 40 hours a week. So every locality we ship to has sort of a different program and a different way they utilize the bikes. Sure. And so what is the value and the purpose of shipping these bikes over to third world countries? Most of our partners are in really rural and remote areas. Paved roads is not something that a lot of the bikes we're shipping are going to be ridden on. The idea is we're providing this form of transportation which ultimately is very sustainable. It's something that can be serviced in the community that is shipped into and it's something that can take somebody who is currently walking to and from school five miles. A five mile bike ride is infinitely easier to do and safer to do on a bicycle. 
Sure. And I assume it probably goes a long ways to employ people, too, that they can get to and from work. Absolutely. And even just on the sort of almost micro level, we had a mechanic, Patrick, who just spent two months in Uganda working with this group of women to start up their own bicycle project. So, I mean, he was able to meet and really build with five people who now have a day-to-day job, which kind of mirrors the job he has in Chicago. Yeah. But it's in a place which had no bicycle shop, and now now it does. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. and it's building community around that too, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not just the bicycle. Yeah. So what would you say has been your greatest success story globally? I think that there's a few ways to look at that. For me on a personal level, Patrick being able to go to Uganda and spend two months and really engage on the ground and then come back home to Chicago and tell us what we're forgetting to pack. It's not like a it's not really like it's not like a big sexy thing that happened, but to actually know that man, if we're shipping these bikes to Uganda, we need to make sure we send brake noodles. Brake noodles is a super small part. It never occurred to me. Seeing that shop get up and running and then having this sort of knowledge you would not know unless you were there trying to figure out how to fix a brake noodle. Yeah. Um, that was a big success to me. Also, I think looking at organizations like SESTA and knowing that we've uh, really helped them build out their bicycle project to a way which is larger than ours is amazing to me also. Absolutely. And so how long has Working Bikes been around? We've been around since 1999. We also have Bikes for Lesotho is a charity which is essentially like under our umbrella at this point. Well, they're under our umbrella. And we have a board member named Dave Gorman who's a former Peace Corps, Corps alum from Lesotho. So he said that he was in Peace Corps about 12 years ago. He never saw a bike in Lesotho. It's mountainous regions, landlocked by South Africa. And we've now shipped, I believe, five times to a man named Toomey who had the first bike shop in Lesotho. And Royal Family of Lesotho is behind it. They have, there's a lot of orphans in the in that country. They, they just ask that we send enough kids bikes that they can have a program where they give they give kids bikes at like every school in, in the country. Being able to get reports back from Toomey, who's this entrepreneur who is able to work on kids bikes, then also uh, really sell the sport of cycling, it's been phenomenal. Again, just to we were just out in the dock and to like look at that pile of bikes and realize that in a place that just hasn't had access to bikes like that, that you can actually build a cycling culture. You know, I can't I can't build the cycling culture in Lesotho from Chicago, but I can support the man who is waking up every day trying to figure it out. Yeah, so. and it's probably such a beautiful relationship to be able to see that come full circle. Uh, being able to see it on Facebook is the funniest thing because yeah. uh, at this point everyone's so connected that you can get real-time photos. We sent a tandem bike that had been in our storage space for at least four years and I saw a picture of him and his wife riding the tandem bike like <laughs> you know three months later and it was it made me happy. Yeah absolutely very rewarding. So let's get to the volunteer opportunities for our Mm. listeners. What are all of the unique volunteer opportunities that our listeners can get involved in? There's a number of ways. Usually when we talk about volunteer opportunities at Working Bikes, we're specifically talking about the walk-in-based volunteer sessions in Brandon's Bike Shop. Brandon's Bike Shop is our volunteer workshop, classroom, social space, and kitchen all in one. We have these walk-in-based sessions on Tuesday evenings from 5 to 9. 
Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from 12 until 5, as well as our WTF session on Thursdays from 5 to 9. WTF night is a volunteer session just for women, transgendered, and gender non-conforming volunteers. So we, we talk about those a lot. Those volunteer sessions are lively, they're educational. Somebody can come in with really no experience working on a bicycle and begin to learn. And as they learn and develop new skills, they're also serving both the local and global population. So that's, that's usually what we think about. That's our all caps volunteer program. We also rely on volunteers to have bike drives for us. If you have a garage or a basement, the likelihood that there's a bike that you no longer want pretty high so you know we will take that as a donation but it's even better if you can talk to your neighbors and really have a good bike collection and feel like you're part of it and do you guys accept all types of bikes we do okay and about how long does it take a volunteer to put together one bike once they get in multiple visits multiple volunteers while everybody has a bicycle in their basement many of those bikes it's almost like the better they look when you get them the more careful you have to be because there's usually a reason why somebody donated it there's usually a reason why the bike ended up in the basement depending on the bike sometimes especially our volunteers who have been here for a while after they're doing kids bikes they might knock out three to five kids bikes in one session but the bikes that go to our cycle of power program which serves veterans people in shelters refugees people put a lot of miles on those bikes yeah. so we want to make sure that everything is fully refurbished and rebuilt absolutely can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that program you just of mentioned with the veterans and the refugees yeah so cycle of power is um you know our mission is really to redistribute bicycles in local and global communities as tools of empowerment when we talk about empowerment we really mean access access to the resources that are around us chicago is a great city to study sort of resource allocation if you're in a part of if somebody's in part of Chicago which is under resource and you know under invested in if they can get on a bike if they if they have a heart to get on a bike they get somewhere where there is more resources they can access those things that they need to to that end we have the cycle of power program we will donate a bike to almost anybody uh, almost through any organization the primary organizations that reach out to us are veterans groups refugee organizations uh, housing organizations like shelters or uh, kind of emergency stay places ex-offender reentry programs own community health organizations like okay. Esperanza community health writes a prescription for a bike for people who are either diabetic or depressed. Oh, wow. Oh, that's um, fantastic. So within that program, you get a referral, somebody goes on a wait list, and then when they come to our shop, they get a bicycle, a lock, and a helmet for $20. If they cannot afford $20, we waive it. We waive it almost all the time. Oh, that's we also invite them to volunteer. Yeah. Can, you're welcome to come back and volunteer. So. Very neat. So with that local program, what has been your greatest local volunteer opportunity or maybe a story where you change someone's life with a bike it's hard it's hard honestly to pick out one story because i think a lot of people are affected in different ways by the bikes on a personal level i saw a young adult that we gave a bike two days after he got the bike and he was about 11 miles south of here singing at the top of his lungs riding the bike in the morning that was one time when i was really excited to see somebody on on the bike that they had just gotten but also, I mean, we have we have staff and volunteers that have struggled with depression and a number of issues, and just really being able to see somebody sort of commit to riding the bike and how it changed them, both emotionally and physically. You know, like just seeing somebody really enjoy it. How old do the volunteers need to be to come work in the bike shop? We ask that anybody under 18 has a liability form signed by their parent or guardian. 14 is usually the cutoff. If somebody wants to bring their children, it may be better for them just to come by and take a tour for the time being. But 14 to 18 year olds, we mostly ask to come on Saturdays. 
They can receive uh, service learning hours for high school. Okay. Beyond that though, there's not really any limits. And what's the volunteer onboarding process? That's a great question. Uh, right now, anybody can come into any of our volunteer sessions. We do have a once a month orientation session before the Saturday volunteer session. So the first Saturday of the month at 11 a.m. we have uh, orientation. It's not required, but it is recommended. Okay, and when's your next orientation? Our next two volunteer sessions at Working Bikes will be Cinco de Mayo, May 5th at 11 a.m. and also on Saturday, June 2nd at 11 a.m. Fantastic. How can our volunteers or people that want to make donations find you? Well, anybody can find us on the web at workingbikes.org. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if I can give a special plug for our Instagram page, I think that's the most lively and entertaining of our social media. And uh, if someone wanted to make a, a donation, uh, we do have a Razu account, which is linked on our website. Okay. And the different donations that they can offer is monetary value and the bikes? Well, that would be via bikes. Uh, uh, sorry, that would be Razus for monetary donations. Okay. So, if wanted to donate a bike, they could reach out to us. We're in the city of Chicago at 2434 Southwestern. And also on our website, there is a tab that says Donate Bikes, and that'll open up a Google map that shows you all of our bike drop off locations in the region. So, Paul, all of this information that you're sharing with our listeners is so moving and fantastic. Thank you so much. I always like to end the show asking my guests if they have a quick community care tip that they can share with our listeners for everyday life. My everyday suggestion is just to look people in the eyes in the street and wish them a good morning or say hello. I say it to every one of my neighbors every morning, and I think it's really important. Uh, again, as a lifelong Southsider, I think it's important that we remind ourselves that we are Midwestern. It's definitely the right thing to do. Paul, thank you so much for being on today's show. I'm really excited to share all of this information with our communities. You have a fantastic space here. It's been lovely to walk around and meet everybody and see what the real magic is that's created here. So thank you again for being on our show and being of service to our community. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap, friends. If you want to learn more about how to get involved with Working Bikes, be sure to visit their website at workingbikes.org. It's a fantastic way to learn how to build bikes, meet new people, and give back on a local and global level. Also, don't forget, they take bike donations and parts as well. It's been a joy to bring light to this amazing organization. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, let's take care of one another.